0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Epic Gardening Podcast. Kevin Espiritu here. We have Amy Bauer from Front Yard Veggies on the podcast. Yesterday, we learned that Amy... I mean, maybe you still will be a Front Yard Veggie grower, but now certainly a lot more space in your Zone 6A climate. We did talk a little bit about your growing space and, and the new sort of challenges. But what I'd love to do is is sort of go back to that and say... If someone's moved to a new zone, really almost no matter what change they've made, what steps did you go through to really give yourself the best chance to have a great first season in a new zone?
1: All right, well, the first thing I did was um, hop on, I think it's just, you know, Farmer's Almanac. There are a few different websites that you can use and just plug in your zip code and figure out your last frost date um, or first frost free date, I should say. And I would check a few different sources because depending on what site you use, It'll give you a range. Like, I saw some that were early May. I saw some that were late May. And then see if you can also connect with some gardeners that are in your, you know, within 10 or 20 miles of you. I have a friend who lives over in Acton, Jess from Acton Food Forest. And she's been instrumental because we have almost the exact same growing zone. So I'm sort of following in her footsteps for when she's putting tomatoes out and just like figuring out when you should be doing all of the seed starting and hardening off. So get that last frost date. And I would give yourself a little leeway, especially if you're moving to new England where it just likes to be funny. It was 80 degrees today. And I actually have to check the weather every day, which I didn't do for four years in Southern California. Um, because you know, we got snow at the end of April. So just be very conscious of that first frost free date. Uh, but don't write it in stone because weather, as we know, is a fickle mistress. Um, and then after you have that, uh, first frost free date, I would, you know, make a list of the seeds that you want to plant and start, this is the hardest thing for me. I have, I don't know why I have such a difficult time with like wrapping my head around, when you have to start things, when you have to pop them up, when you have to transplant them. So I actually got this really nice, um, it's like a visual art piece from Hudson Valley Seed Company. And it shows, um, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll share a link to it. Cause it really, if you have a tough time with spreadsheets and tons of numbers, it's so helpful. Cause it just has a column for first frost date date. And then the week, um, preceding it, that you should do everything. So like, so direct, so um, transplant. So just wrap your head around your schedule and when you need to be doing everything. And then the other thing I did was I just researched a ton. Like I, I checked out every book, <laughs> probably in the Massachusetts area on New England gardening. And I was just really trying to familiarize myself with just the different um, idiosyncrasies with growing around here. And because it's such a shorter season than I'm used to, I really want to maximize everything that I can grow while also, um, you know, not overextending myself. I don't want to put tomatoes in the ground in, you know, April and cover them up. And I just want to do the most that I can without driving myself crazy this first year and take your time. Like, We could have done a garden in the fall when we moved in, but we also had a four-month-old baby. And I said, okay, I could do a cold frame if I didn't have a baby, maybe, Um, but I'm just going to sit this one out and get excited about spring and summer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, especially because you're going to be doing a lot of in-ground planting and you have a lot more space, it's like, yeah, you could have squeezed out um, some cabbage or some brassicas or something in the fall, but... Number one, like you said, you had a four-month-old baby. You, uh, yeah. just, you just moved across the country. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But also, like, spend that winter kind of holding up and, and researching, and then you can just go really hard and, and really up your chances of success right now, basically, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, I had to research. I and mean, you know, I started – I didn't actually start seeds indoors, really. I mean, I guess I did, like, in a sunny windowsill. But in California, I would just sort of plop things in the ground whenever – and they grew. And here I had to be very deliberate with, you know, researching grow lights. And I used the Epic Gardening website. It had some great grow light information. Um, oh, great. great. Yeah. Uh, you know, just figuring out the whole setup and not try not don't drive yourself crazy with trying to nail it the first year. Because, you know, we've talked about this like gardening. You're always learning. Everyone makes mistakes. If somebody says they've never made a mistake gardening, they're full of baloney because we've all done it. And, like, I've already probably killed some things this year. I just haven't really – I don't know. I have to check on my seeds more. It's It's been a little bit of survival of the fittest because you have, you know, a big house, big property, a baby. I, I don't have time for, like, finicky plants this year. I just can't do it.
0: I actually noticed the same thing. I noticed the same thing because uh I, I'm not on your scale, but compared to my front yard garden at the old epic garden, I'm on a third of an acre, which in San Diego is basically like, you know, a mansion yeah. level of, yeah, of deep, land. land. It's so, so much
1: bigger than that. It looks gigantic. And I love how you're maximize like I'm loving the epic home setting. It's very uh oh, yeah. you guys, are it's, it's, you guys
0: are doing a great job. It's well, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been such a fun challenge. I think it looks big because it's, it was literally just a flat empty space. Yeah. Um, and so as we fill it in, grow some like, you know, it's that permaculture approach of the, the tall trees, the shrubs, the bushes, that sort of thing. It'll probably fill in, but yeah, I did the same thing in fall. We talked about burnout, but we also talked about kind of chilling and making sure you, you do it correctly come spring. Yeah. I just sort of planted whatever and I didn't really care too much about you know, perfecting and, and really over-caring for every single individual plant. If it lived, it lived, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot just from that, and that was completely fine. The last thing I wanted to say in this episode was, if someone is in your zone or close to your zone, what were some of those books that, that you dug into over the winter?
1: Oh gosh, you're testing my short-term memory now. Um, I know <laughs> I used um, uh, Charles Dowding's No... I forget which book exactly, but it was, you know, the No Dig Gardening, and then Charlie DeNazi? Maybe I had a few New England specific gardening books, but I can share the links with you because they were instrumental. They were just so hugely helpful in, you know, wrapping my head around the, the new climate. Well, not new climate. I'm from Massachusetts originally, but I also didn't garden when I lived here before. So
0: Right. It's new to you in, in the sense of gardening, for sure. Yeah,
1: like I ate what my parents grew growing up, but I was not helping
0: out. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's a great little one, two, three step process for starting gardening in the new zone. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about how Amy kind of looked at the land that she was given when she when she bought the house and prepared that area for planting. So stay tuned, good luck in the garden and keep on growing. If you're looking for the best metal raised garden beds on planet earth and potentially in this solar system, then keep on listening. And I have a 5% discount on your first order. Birdie's garden products have made the industry standard metal raised garden bed for about 13 years now and i now carry and distribute them here in america now there are some competitors to these beds they're not even close to the quality of birdies that's why i stock them i only stock the most epic and the most amazing products so if you want a metal raised garden bed that stands the test of time it's gonna last you two three four times longer than a standard wooden bed, and it will look amazing the whole time, then go to shop.epicgardening.com and use the code EPICPODCAST for 5% off your first order. Good luck in the garden and keep on growing.